0: No longer will you be driving home in tears over the overwhelming feeling of trying to manage student behaviors. So sit back, listen up, and start seeing success. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Teaching Behavior Together podcast. Today, we're going to be talking all about classroom expectations. There are three key aspects of classroom expectations that I want to talk about today and then a couple of other pointers that I have for you in terms of creating and carrying out classroom expectations in your classroom. Classroom expectations are a key aspect of your classroom management plan overall and as a whole. So you want to make sure when you are identifying classroom expectations for your classroom, you are doing it with intention and you are really analyzing the different aspects of classroom expectations and how you want your classroom to function as a whole. A lot of times our buildings give us building level expectations so they might be something along the lines of being kind and being responsible those are pretty common building level expectations and a lot of times teachers use those as their classroom expectations or it's the expectation that everyone has the same classroom expectations and that's totally fine what I would do is identify three to five classroom expectations that either are from your building level team or your building as a whole or three to five classroom expectations that you have for your classroom. Once you have these three to five overarching expectations, and by overarching expectations, I mean like constructs such as being kind, being responsible, being respectful, being safe. Those are overall constructs that we are going to then break down into individual expectations within our classrooms. But the first step that you need to do is identify those three to five expectations that you are going to have in your classroom. Once you have those three to five expectations, what I want you to do is take three to five pieces of paper, however many expectations you have, get one piece of paper for each, write at the top what the expectation is. So say it's being kind, you're gonna write being kind at the top of that piece of paper. And then I want you to identify your non-negotiables for that expectation. Non-negotiables are aspects of that expectation that you have to have in that expectation. So these are the items in that expectation that are things that absolutely have to happen in your classroom. So say for instance, again, we're taking that example of being kind. So we have our piece of paper that says being kind at the top and we're identifying our non-negotiables. One of your non-negotiables for being kind might be that kids keep their hands and feet to themselves. This is a very common non-negotiable in many classrooms. We can't have kids hitting or kicking each other, so that is a non-negotiable, meaning that is something that is not going to be taken out of that expectation. I want you to pause and do that for all of the different expectations that you have written down, identify aspects of those expectations that are things that absolutely have to be part of that expectation. And it's okay to have non-negotiables, just like with the example of being kind, there are aspects of being kind that we have to have in our classroom for the safety and security of all of our students. Later on in the episode, we're going to talk a little bit about how to compromise with our students when we're really working through our classroom expectations, but if you have your non-negotiables up front, then you're going to be able to develop that compromising procedure with them a little bit easier. All right, so now that you have your three to five classroom expectations identified and you have your non-negotiables written for each of those expectations, and it could just be like one or two things for that expectation, it could be a little bit longer of a list, maybe three to five things that are non-negotiables for that expectation. Okay, so now we are ready to introduce our expectations to our classroom. So it's the beginning of the year and we are talking about classroom expectations with our students. You might also be doing this in the middle of the year, refreshing your classroom expectations, whatever it may be, but right now we're at the point where we are sitting down with our students and introducing our three to five classroom expectations. So the very first thing that you're gonna do with your students when you're introducing the classroom expectations is define those expectations with your classroom. So what that's really going to look like, and you might do this a little bit differently depending on the time you have set aside for this, or your classroom schedule at the beginning of the year, or whenever you're carrying this out with your students. My recommendation would be to define each expectation individually so that it's not overwhelming for students, it doesn't become too long of a lesson when you're defining each of your expectations because you really wanna make sure you're doing this very thoroughly and systematically with intention with your classroom. So set aside some time each morning, maybe the first week of school, the second week of school, where you're really setting out to define each expectation individually. And then you're just gonna invite your students to help you define that expectation. What does that mean to them? What does being kind mean to them in that classroom? What I really want you to focus on is having students tell you what being kind looks like. So giving you concrete examples of what being kind looks like in your classroom so that they're able to visually see what actions mean being kind. You really wanna stay away from using phrases like being kind means being nice. Well, what does being nice look like? You wanna stick with those really concrete examples and maybe give your students some examples to build off of so they really know what information you're looking for. So being kind might look like sharing materials, helping others, using kind words, including others in games, listening to peers, keeping hands and feet to yourself, Those are all aspects of being kind that you might list under this expectation, and there might be 10 or 15 more that your classroom comes up with that really helps them identify what being kind means and what that looks like. You might also have to further explain some of these things, like say, using kind words. We might also have to have a further discussion of what kind words are. So kind words are giving compliments, telling students that they did a good job, stuff like that. So kids really have a concrete picture of what all of these aspects of the expectation really look like. Once you have a list of behaviors that meet that expectation, I want you then to develop with your classroom a list of behaviors that do not meet that expectation. So if we're taking the example of being kind, some behaviors might be name-calling, throwing items, laughing at someone, hitting, kicking. Those are all behaviors that do not meet that expectation. And this leads us right into my second recommendation for developing your classroom expectations, and that is to tell students quote unquote, what to do, as opposed to what not to do. When we tell our students, don't do this, no, don't do that, stop doing this, we're not actually telling them what to do, and that can be really hard for some of our students. It can be confusing for some of our students, and it can leave them thinking, well, what should I be doing in that instance? By developing a list of behaviors that meet the expectation and a list of behaviors that do not meet the expectation, you're giving students a concrete example of behaviors that they can engage in that allow them to meet that expectation and behaviors that if they engage in those behaviors, they're not meeting that expectation. This will give kids a greater understanding of behaviors that they can engage in that meet the classroom expectations and behaviors that if they engage in those behaviors would not meet the classroom expectations. It really gives them concrete examples of what it means to meet the expectation, what that looks like, what that sounds like, and what it looks like and sounds like to not meet that expectation. I want you to repeat this process for all three to five expectations you have for your classroom. So sit down with your class, develop the list of behaviors that meet that expectation, and then the list of behaviors that do not meet that expectation. This might take a couple of days to really do really well with your students. I want you to be really intentional about this and not rush through these first two steps. Again, making sure that you have clear behaviors within each expectation that really demonstrate what that expectation looks and sounds like as well as what the expectation doesn't look like and doesn't sound like. So your students have a really good, solid understanding of what the expectations are in your classroom. Once you have all of that done, the last step is to really teach these explicitly and consistently in your classroom. The first step is to really teach them explicitly in your classroom. And by explicitly, I mean making sure that you have a whole lesson about what the expectations are, what they sound like, and what they look like. So we've already developed this list with our students. Now we really want to teach the students what all of those things look like. Remember when I said in the example before, using kind words might be something that you really have to break apart with your students and really tease that apart and see what does that actually mean? That's what I mean by teaching them explicitly. It's taking all of those behaviors you listed under that expectation and teaching each one of those explicitly in your classroom in a lesson. You can do this in multiple different ways. I would recommend that you do a direct lesson on each expectation First, so you've developed your list. Now it's time for the lesson on each expectation. Make sure you're reviewing it with the students and breaking down each aspect in each of those behaviors so students really understand what each of those behaviors look like and sound like. You can also use a ton of different activities in your classroom that allow you to repeatedly reinforce these expectations through teaching them in different ways and activities in your classroom. You can teach them to role play the different expectations so you're actually having the students act out what the behavior looks like and sounds like. You can have task cards in your classroom where students have to identify the difference between appropriate behaviors for your expectations and inappropriate behaviors for your expectations. You can have a classroom expectation bingo card for each of your students where you have an individual bingo card on their desk and they cross off each of the spaces as they engage in those different expectations and then they can turn in their card when they get bingo. You can also have students use compliment cards in your classroom where they're complimenting other students for engaging in appropriate expectations in your classroom, on the playground, in the hallway, Allow students to really build peer relationships by identifying when other students are engaging in appropriate behavior and giving them a compliment on it. You can also incorporate a lot of read alouds in your classroom. So there are different books that you can find about different expectations in your classroom. You can incorporate that into your reading aloud sessions, as well as have a follow-up writing activity for that. You just wanna make sure that classroom expectations are continually a part of your classroom conversation. It's really easy to incorporate some of these fun activities in your classroom in stations or centers. So when you're setting up your stations or centers, making sure that you have a math center and a reading center and a writing center, but also having a social emotional learning slash behavioral expectation center in your classroom can be really helpful so that you have different social emotional learning activities going on in that center. And some days there's classroom expectations or behavioral activities going on in that center. So you're repeatedly teaching these concepts over and over in your classroom which really speaks to the consistency part of this recommendation. We really need to be consistent with teaching our classroom expectations throughout the year. And what that looks like is really front-loading the content, right? So I talked about the first week or two of school, really taking the time to intentionally teach your expectations by first defining the expectation with your class and then teaching the class that expectation explicitly in your classroom. And then we speak to the consistency part of it. We continually need to be revisiting this idea of classroom expectations and appropriate behaviors in our classroom over and over throughout the school year. So since you front-loaded a lot of this information, it might be the third or fourth week of school, I really want you to be revisiting your classroom expectations three times a week at least. So making sure that you carve out time during your morning meeting or during one of your lessons where you're talking and revisiting the classroom expectations. I also want you to have an activity in your centers or stations or some activity for students to do, whether it's bell work or early finisher work, some sort of activity that students can engage in that allow them to continue to contact your information about your different classroom expectations. And then you can continue to fade out our teachings on expectations. So maybe we're in the second month of school and you feel like your students have a really good handle on this information. Maybe you cut back to reviewing the classroom expectations two times a week and you continually sprinkle in some activities for students to do so they're revisiting this concept of classroom expectations. And then maybe we're already into the third month of school and you're really only revisiting them at the beginning of the week and only reminding students as needed of the classroom expectations. And then we can even just review our expectations as needed and after breaks. I highly recommend reviewing expectations after students come back from a break because students might need that refresher of what the expectations are when they come back into your classroom after a long extended break. So these are some of the key tips that I have for teaching expectations. This will really allow you to be intentional about teaching expectations and make it much more of a systematic process in your classroom. I promise you that if you take these steps really intentionally and really give time to teaching expectations in your classroom, it'll go a really long way with your classroom management system. You will really set your students up for success by building this really strong foundation of really working with your students to see what those expectations look and sound like and what those expectations mean to them so that your students really have a strong and clear understanding of what the expectations are. Now, I just have a couple other quick tips that might be helpful when you're teaching expectations to your students. Early on, we talked about your non-negotiables. So those are aspects of your expectations that absolutely must be in the expectation for your classroom. When you're developing the expectations with your students, there might be some things that they bring up that you can be flexible on. So another tip I have for you is to be reasonable and realistic with your expectations in your classroom. And this really, really helps when you're talking to your students about what they think your expectations look like, because it gives you a lot of insight into what their understanding of those terms are and what that behavior actually looks like for them. So one of your non-negotiables might be for being responsible that students turn in their work, right? That's a pretty realistic non-negotiable for a being responsible overall expectation is that you're going to turn in your work. Your thought process might be that being responsible means that you turn in your work on the due date, but you might be talking with your students and they think being responsible means that they turn in the work when they're done. So let's talk about this a little bit. There's a little bit of a mismatch there, right? But we can easily talk through this and come to an understanding of what that expectation could be. On one hand, we can't have kids just turning in assignments whenever they're completed because we need to see those assignments and be able to give feedback, see if we need to reteach anything, revisit any aspect of the lesson based on what our students turned in, right? But maybe having multiple due dates for different assignments could be overwhelming for your students and they might get confused and even feel anxious about turning in work because they're not sure when the due dates are, or they're not sure how to manage the different due dates for different assignments in your classroom. Or maybe for some students, it's overwhelming to have a hard and fast deadline for each of the assignments and they don't know how to manage that. So this can give you really good information about what skills you can work on with your students throughout the year. So managing different assignments and when to turn them in could be a skill that we really. work into our curriculum this year, but for right now we might say, okay, let's adjust my teaching practice to meet the needs of my students for right now and say, okay, all of the assignments are gonna be due on Thursday, meaning that every assignment you have for class is gonna be due on Thursdays so that students really only have to manage in their head one due date. This might help students be more responsible in your classroom, meaning that they're able to meet those deadlines and you're able to give feedback on their work because there's only one deadline to remember. And then throughout the year, we can help them teach them skills in managing different assignment due dates because as they get older, that's going to be a realistic aspect of school. So we came to a compromise in this situation, right? We had it in our head that all the assignments had to be due on their due date. And the student's idea of being responsible was that they turn in work when they're done with it. So we came to the compromise of that there's only going to be one due date for them to remember and that they have to turn in their work when it's completed by that due date. And we really teach them strategies to get the work done by that due date and really teach them strategies on how to manage the workload so that they are able to get those assignments all in by that one due date now this is just one example of how you can visit that situation and really talk through it with your students but really having that open mind and having realistic and reasonable expectations for your classroom And being flexible in really meeting your students with where they are, with what their ideas of these different expectations are, and then identifying those skills that you can teach throughout the year to help build their capacity to be successful students. Can't emphasize enough that really sitting down with your students and having them express what their ideas of those expectations are, the very first step of really defining the expectation with your students is so important and it gives you so much information about what students think the expectations are and what they think those behaviors are that meet those expectations so you can really identify skills that you can help bolster in your classroom. Another tip I have for you is to really identify a system that is gonna work for you with teaching these examples. The system that I laid out for you might be overwhelming. If you're a new teacher, you might not know how to manage teaching expectations along with all of the beginning of the year, expectations of you as a teacher, the beginning of the year assessments and all of the other paperwork and tasks that come along with the start of the year could be very overwhelming. So really identifying, sitting down and really being intentional about how you wanna teach expectations in your classroom the recommendations that I gave you are just that they're just recommendations Identify what recommendations that you can carry out in your classroom and then tweak the other ones to make it work for you. This is not an end-all be-all set in stone type of system for teaching expectations, but as long as you have the key components of defining them with your students, making sure they're worded so that students know what they should be doing and that they can really identify what behaviors don't meet the expectation and then teaching them explicitly and consistently in your classroom are just the key aspects of teaching expectations to your students. One thing I highly, highly recommend, again, is having that behavioral and social-emotional station in your station's rotation or your center's rotation so that students can continue to contact this information about expectations and social emotional learning in your classroom. And this is so easy to do in terms of feasibility, meaning that you can set up a couple of stations and have students run through those stations. And then you know that they're continuing to get information about these behavioral expectations and social emotional learning targets you might have for your students. I would really consider incorporating this into your teaching practice, because again, it's really, really feasible to do. Okay, the last tip I have for you is don't be afraid to seek out support. If you're struggling with teaching expectations or where to start, or you don't necessarily know what the overall building expectations are, or how that your expectations should fit into building expectations, seek out support from someone on your teaching team or someone else in the building that you trust to help you with this process. This process can be overwhelming and seeking out advice or support from a teacher that does it really well in your building can be really helpful. So I really want you to not be afraid to seek out support because we all need support and we all need support from the teachers around us to make sure that our students are learning to the best of their ability. That's all I have for you guys on expectations today, but don't forget to follow me on Instagram so that you can see my daily content about behavioral and social emotional learning targets in your classroom. Also, make sure you check the links down below in the description because I have a free guide for you guys on how to teach coping strategies in your classroom. It's six easy steps on how to teach coping strategies in your classroom, which can be a huge aspect of your classroom management plan, teaching those calm down strategies so your students are equipped with the ability to calm their bodies whenever they become upset or frustrated or angry. So I have that whole free guide for you guys. It's super easy, gives you some examples for you to follow in your classroom and some different teaching targets for you to follow in your classroom. So make sure you check out the description below to grab your free guide. And if you would be so kind and leave this podcast a reading or review, I would really, really appreciate it so that other teachers can find this podcast as well. I really appreciate you listening to this episode. I hope that it was helpful and have a good rest of the day.